This is a content warning. All episodes of Mysteries Unknown may include foul language, fantasy violence, blood and gore, and worst thing of all, sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. All right. So you all eventually drift off to sleep. Cody. Yeah. You you open your eyes. You're back in that mirror verse. But and the you're seeing all the mirrors all the memories through your mirrors as they kind of matrix style pass back and forth. It stops on one. And to your surprise, it's a good memory. Before the divorce before your dad became the man he was now there was a time when he wasn't as bad as you would have thought he was and it's it's showing you hand in hand as a little girl with your parents going to see the nutcracker ballet what's kind of the thought process going through your head as you're watching this probably just like a bittersweet like almost watching a family video you know you kind of just tuck up hug your knees just chin on her knees just watching small smile just sad but at the same point like this is warm this is her past this was before everything went down kind of a weird comfort i guess (laughs) do you put your hand on the mirror probably at some point so I'll say, while you're watching this, you put your hand in the mirror, and you just feel as you're sucked into it, and you're now standing in this memory as you're watching everything around. Uh, even if you don't move, your bot it's like the memory moves with you, moves for you, as you you and your parent, little girl, you and your parents go and sit down, and you're watching this Nutcracker play. Would Cody have would would little girl Cody have liked ballerinas? Probably. It's like like kind of like a like kind of like one of those like anime lineup expressions like oh they're so pretty. Yeah, everything was probably super pretty. She probably really liked the Nutcracker's character, you know, the big heroic save the day type of person. <laughs> and your father. The years of hardness that would be on his face today are not there. It is actually. In comparison, pretty soft. And he sees how this little girl used, like, lighting up, seeing these ballerinas dance on stage, and he smiles. And he's like, and he just whispers, and he leans in and whispers, like, you know, I'm working with some uh, high-tech geniuses. Would you, you could be have a ballerina all for your own, if you wanted. <laughs> and your mom, your mom's just kind of like, Oh, honey, don't make promises you can't keep. And the dad just kind of looks at your mom. She's like, no, I'm serious. These guys are making such great technological innovatives. They could do this. Would you like that, honey? He says to you now. She'd probably just nod. She'd have no idea what was going on. (laughs) Yeah. And then so, yeah, you see that happening. And then you just you see everything just kind of fade out. And that's where that dream ends for you. Aiden. 
Yes. Aiden, you open your eyes. You are once again underwater in the middle of an ocean. And this time I'm a little more like I'm not just waiting. Like I'm like you know looking around. You know I'm, I'm eyeing the place, like trying to see what I can see. You see, look down. You see the yellow eyes, but it does. You're not pulled to it. Instead, the eyes start to move closer to you. As you see this, as as it gets more out of the shadows of these steps, you see a great being like no other. Okay. And like you kind of see like um like the air bubbles sort of like leave Aiden's mouth because it's just almost like it's you know scary, you know. But like I wouldn't say he's scared. He's like he has like almost like a look on his face like he's like holding holding his ground, you know what I mean? And he, I'm going to kind of like swim towards it. I'm going to swim towards the being this time. As you're swimming towards him, you hear this like telepathic connection as you hear like in your mind as this creature is looking down at you with its yellow eyes. You finally are accessing the powers that you know you have. Yet you still hold yourself back. Do you want to be a failure and uh i can't really speak but i'm i'm gonna like repeat the sentiment like no in my head you know what i mean like uh, yeah I'm, i'm just gonna be like no uh i believe that i could excel but like the reason why i hold myself back is because I know that this is potentially dangerous and I don't feel as though I I have one the time or two like the experience to like take control of this thing yet you know so I only really use it if I have to but yeah no I don't want to be a failure the creature just kind of like turns its head to kind of just kind of look cockily at you and you hear what's getting in your mind there is no reward to those that do not take risks and the creature just slowly descends back into the abyss of the dark water and like I tried to swim after it but like obviously it swims faster than I can and it just like disappears and that's where that ends for you Marcus you are standing now and you recognize it as the battlefield from your last dream but it's not war torn there's no bodies it's almost like a springtime setting you're still in your samurai garb Uh, Miramasu is in your hand and not far away under a cherry blossom tree you see Hmm. I'm trying to think of like an old like samurai mentor of some sort, but names are escaping me right now. So I'll have to think about this. So you see like one of those like old school, almost Confucius looking samurai mentor as he sits under this blossom tree and there's like a tea there's like a tea tray set right in front of him. 
um, Marcus would walk up and, you know, he would, you know, do all the ceremony of like putting the sword at his side, you know, bowing, you know, asking him, you know, greeting him properly. And you see the man just nods back at you, a sign of respect, pours the tea into the cups there, and he hands one to you. Oh, Marcus will take it. And as he puts the cup in your hand, so he's like, So you finally unsheathed the demon blade. Uh, yes. And you know what must, and you know the price to pay for it. I'm aware. Are you strong enough? Worthy enough? I am. And what of your friends? I trust in their skill, just as they trust in mine. There is much pride that comes before the fall. Many have fallen from the corruption of Muramasu before you I hope and pray the same does not happen to you and he takes a sip of his tea Marcus would also uh, take a sip and the dream is just basically the rest of you just sitting there drinking the tea and you all wake up the next day Cody a lot more like bubbly than normal I'm going to say for this time we're going to do a montage downtime ooh, ooh. ooh yeah. okay nice Makes sense, and the yeah. bonuses is you guys will have her whole mansion so you could probably find anything you need here somehow I have the like I have the uh, the montage moves I yeah I'm just poking onto my uh, roll 20 thing because I have it on there too I'll go ahead and read it out for everyone, just so that way everyone knows. So for the downtime, uh, you can pick one thing to do during this downtime. You can give attention to one of your logos, themes, tell everyone at the table how you do it and mark attention on that. You can work the case, tell everyone at the table how you do it and gain three clues with a method and a source based on your description. Or you can explore your mythos. Tell everyone at the table which mystery you explore and how you do it. You get one clue with a method and a source based on your description and mark attention on the mystery's theme. You can also prepare for your next activity, which, again, tell everyone how you do it. And you can recover all your, burst, your burnt power tags or gain three juice with a method based on your description. And the last thing you can do is recover from your last activity, which is basically recovering from any hurt stasis you have. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Wow. I was even yeah, trying to be negative that time. That's it's impressive. Feels like, an, feels like an AS... Oh, it's almost like an ASMR. <laughs> you always hear the clickety-clack in your... Well, I am glad at that <laughs> aspect of it. <laughs> okay, so... I got it for with... the clacks. I just didn't think my mic was that sensitive. <laughs> we'll start with That's Aiden funny. first. What do you want to do for your downtime? Um, like... The dream that I had, I'll say, is like a little bit inspiring, right? And uh, I'm actually going to 
explore my mythos a little bit, right? Um, and I'll tell you how I do this. Uh, and, and you tell me if this is adequate or not. So what I do is like I, I wake up and I look around and I see that the room is ocean themed, right? So there's like probably like books relating to like, you know, ocean tales and like, you know, nautical stories and whatnot. Um, I'll also say that, you know, there's like things that I can like, you know, look into, right? I'm pretty sure it's a big room, right? And uh, yeah, I sort of research and uh, try to figure out how, like, the, okay, so my mystery for my expression theme is can I match the depths of the ocean, right? And I guess that takes like multiple forms of just like, I guess mentally as well, you know? Because like Aiden is at the, you know, on the surface, like what people see of Aiden, like he's very like surface level, right? Like he's not very like, uh, I guess intellectual, but like, you know, he does his best, like he does great, you know, like very surface level kind of kind of guy. But I guess he wants to see if he can like gain more depth to his character as well, right? Like, he wants... Because then, you know, he kind of does want to be considered, like, a smart guy, you know? So, he's gonna read up a little bit, right? He's gonna read up on the bottom of the ocean. He's gonna read up on how to, like, skillfully apply his mm-hmm. ability. So, you're just... You know? while you're trying to... So, you're just reading up on, like, what more you could possibly do with your powers, or...? Yeah, like, he's looking at, like, ocean facts, like, you know, a density at certain levels of the ocean, you know, he's, like, you know, reading into, you know, marine life and, like, what could potentially lie at the bottom of the ocean, and, like, he, he's reading up, like, because um, this helps in his ability, because if he can control, you know, air pressure and just, like, I guess, spatial pressure in general, like, if he reads up on how to, on, like, what the different levels of the ocean, like, their pressure is, he can, like, try to mimic, you know, certain levels. You know, like, trying to up his uh, skill. I just imagine there's, bit. like, a book on the shelf that's Oceans for Dummies, and that's the first one he grabs. Yeah, sure, exactly. Like, he's just, like, the bottom of the ocean explained for dummies. Like, you know what I mean? It's, like, like one of those things. And, like, the like when you go this far, it, it gets this amount heavier. And that's because, like, you know what I mean? Like, just... Like very surface level, trying to explain it, but like this is helping him learn, you know. And I'll say with that, you get attention on your mythos, which gives me three, <laughs> which gives me three it's, on my expression. So you'll be able power attack. Um, and right off, I, I already know what it is. Like right off the bat, I'm it literally exists. To, <laughs> I'm gonna. Pick, yeah, no, it literally exists. Um, oh so, gosh. Philippe Cousteau, um, I watched a couple of documentaries about oh when I was gosh, in, like, yes. elementary or middle. And, like, yeah. So, that's, like, weird. legitimate written by a man who spent his entire life scuba diving. But, frankly, <laughs> I love you all so much right now. This is yeah. just awesome. <laughs> It's 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 great. Like I I literally did not know this existed, but like for the listeners, yes, there is an Oceans for Dummies. Just Google it. It's there. That's what Aiden is reading. And uh, yeah, he he uh, learns a new ability, which is like question G. What additional expression, not necessarily related to the main one, does your mythos have? So I'm going to say I can bend light, right? Because once you once you get to the bottom of the ocean, light only reaches a certain point, 
right? So if I could sort of bend the air pressure in a certain way that manipulates the light in an area, I could sort of like cloak myself or cloak people around me, you know what I mean? Um, or I can like make things appear just like not there, you know? Yeah, like something like that. So yeah, that's my power tag, Ben's light. All right, we're going to move from Aiden, and we're going to go to Marcus now. Uh, what's your downtime move going to be? Uh, it would probably be, again, Marcus would also want to draw attention to or investigate the mister of his mythos. Uh, in this case, it would be for mobility. And he, it's, the question is, who are the manji? Because he, like, upon obtaining his sword, he kind of, that word, like, popped into his head. And he's like, I have no idea what this means or who these people are. Are you saying this out loud to yourself in your room, out of curiosity? Uh, no, he would be thinking this to himself. I'm going to say, just for f- fun, just kind of, like, also just a book falls off the shelf in the room. And if you go, to, if you go over to pick it up, it's the exact book you need to look up this, for this answer. Yeah, so upon, like, kind of flipping through this book, I would imagine Marcus would make it, like he would turn because in my head I imagine it's not like a it would have like a glossary and so he flips to the back of the book and sees the word manji goes to the page and starts just reading about like the word manji like what does it mean all this stuff he finds out like one it's like it's the meaning for like a symbol and the symbol itself means like multiple things but of all the things that stand the one that really stands out to Marcus is like the fact that it can mean like galaxy or like the universe. And he finds that very like weird. And he also reads about, you know, like, oh yeah, there were like the Manji Ninja in Japan. And like, they're a very secretive group. It is said that they're like bases at like the forest in Mount near Mount Fuji. We have very little information on them outside of like, we know they existed and we know they did stuff. And he's just like, Hmm. I mean, he's saying he's kind of thinking to himself like Galaxy Ninjas, weird. And that's all you're doing for that attention? Yeah, and that would bump me, it would uh, bump me up to two, not three. I got one more to go on Manji before I can get a um a new tag. Yeah, but you uh, you leveled up Muramasa though, right? Earlier, yeah, Muramasa, I think. Yeah, Muramasa's level. Yeah, all so right. said now is back to nothing. But he's got a new uh, tag. So the boys are burying their heads in books. What's Cody doing? Probably training. She's probably down in whatever gym-like area there is. Or even outside by the pool or something. Just practicing. So which downtime move is that you're doing? Um, Crap, I lost my page. I went looking at it. something else. <laughs> oh, it's giving attention to one of your Logos themes. And which Logos theme are you giving attention to? Uh, my training card. Okay, and what are you doing for that? Like I said, just either training in the gym area or out by the pool, doing her cheerleading routines and tumbling and jumping off shit. <laughs> I could see. I, I could see that. Uh, it's it's like because the last interaction we had, the uh, mind controlled guy got a hold of you and like you know made you drop your your uh, <laughs> and you were just like, oh hell no, this is not going to happen again. First of all, he thought that he could like put his hands on me. That's fucked up. That's not happening again. And you like have your training on. <laughs> well, she's not a punchy punch person. She's definitely <laughs> a, very much the athletic, high, 
like high flyer type of gotta be gotta be fast, gotta be quick. It's Daphne from the first live action Scooby Doo movie yeah. where she takes I all those think. taekwondo classes. <laughs> yeah, just just gotta learn how to get out of people's like but, uh, grip. She doesn't yeah, want people yeah. to take advantage of her anymore. What's your workout outfit you're wearing? I'm curious to know. Uh, probably literally like the yoga pants and a crop top type sports bra deal with some sneakers. <laughs> Very basic white girl. <laughs> For sure. Carrying <laughs> a ponytail with a baseball cap. Yeah, so you're outside. <laughs> also, you have like an outdoor gym as well as an indoor one, but you also do like all your flips on like outdoor mats and stuff as well. So it's like off by the pool area. You're doing all this. So you can get attention to that. And I'll say, as you're talking, as you're doing this, so your dad's office, which is on the upper floor, has a patio that overlooks. And he didn't notice you at the time, but he stepped out of the patio, and he's on a phone call. And you just hear him start yelling into this phone as he, as you are just, like, you stop, like, mid-workout for a second to hear as he's just start yelling office balcony just right above you. And he's just like, I thought I said for that place had to be shut down a while back. What do you mean there's still stuff happening over there? It's like, well, get someone over there and find out. He's just yelling. It's like, what do you mean the last person you sent there didn't come back? (laughs) Oh, he angry. (laughs) I don't care how much money you got to spend. I got the budget. Figure it out. And (laughs) And he just walks back and slams the balcony door behind him. And that's when you see Jeeves walking out. He's got like a sweat towel and a bottle of water in his hand. Like, ah, Madam Cody, persistent as ever with your workout. Yeah. After yesterday, I needed to let it off and just. Yeah. (laughs) And she will accept the towel and water. And he, he, he looks, he looks up really quickly at the balcony that your father was just at. And it's like, huh. Wonder what's got him on edge today. I don't know. It's going to be really fun when we uh, go report in, I guess. <laughs> and you see Jeeves just kind of has a glint in his eye as it becomes like, he's like starts to walk past you, but it's like one of those scenes where it's like, he's like right next to you, but you're both facing the opposite way kind of deal. And he's I don't like, know if I like that look. <laughs> no, no, but he says from what I, from what I've, you didn't get this from me, but apparently there's something going on at the old Helix Labs area on the outside of the town that your father used to run. But what do I know? I've not I've never heard of such things. And then he I walks know, away. I didn't hear anything at all. Nope. <laughs> then he just walks away from you. None the wiser. <laughs> oh, uh, she'll go back in and attempt to find one of the boys. <laughs> so as you go back inside. Um, the scene's gonna like space out from that area, from the mansion. It's gonna travel across the city, and we see an old, rundown science lab building, a picket fence all around it, with a hanging, just barely visible Helix property of Helix Lab sign on it. And the camera pans and goes inside. Lights are broken. Places run down. There's an elevator shaft partially open that goes down. And we go into this basement. And there's all this stuff just junk lying around. And it's completely dark. 
nothing to be seen. And that's when a voice is heard. Why do you hide inside your walls when there's music in my halls? All I see is an empty room. No more joy in empty tomb. There you see a pair of lights. You see a pair of eye lights flash on. And that's where we're going to end this session today. Oh my god. That's really creepy. <laughs> I have a thing that whenever like nursery rhymes are like <laughs> sung for like something like scary and creepy, it like it it, it like ugh, it's so creepy. Yeah, I like it. And now it's time for everyone's favorite session. Time to geek out after the credits. Or during the credits. My bad. Geek out out during the credits. (laughs) All right. So once again, our questions are, how has the crew grown this session? Which character had the most meaningful interaction with your character this session? And which of your themes is under the most strain? If it collapses, what new aspect will show up in its place? Let's start with Cody. Alright, um, I think that I can safely say the crew has grown, uh, basically off of the fact that this was the first time we acted out of our comfort zones. Like, sure, last time we were like, we're gonna do an actual investigating team thing, let's go! This time it was, holy fuck, we are in an actual, we're in danger. <laughs> I'm in danger! Yeah, like, like yeah this is actually a problem. <laughs> um, we're dealing with an actual problem. No, we've got this. Well, now we don't got this. Like, we actually had to do the danger aspect of getting in. We went from the kids who were like, we're gonna do the cool thing, we're gonna sneak into a building. Oh, no. <laughs> It's like, oh, like, yeah, no, we're responsible for people's lives now. Oh, no. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? And then, like, even Aiden went out of his comfort zone and went and started being all defendy. Like, it was a big step for the group. Yeah, because Aiden's never, like, sure, he would, like, have the, you know, he's the big guy. So he's, like, kind of, like, the, like, the most interaction or the most, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Confrontation he had was, like, with Chad. And, like, that's, like, not really anything, right? And, like, or even the guy in the bathroom. That was also <laughs> another one, too. But, like, this mag- like this magnitude was, like, way bigger. I will like, still live shit. by the joke that as soon as that scene in the bathroom happened, the uh, achievement bar appeared above uh, Aiden's head that said, New Kink Unlocked. <laughs> yeah. New Kink Unlocked. I almost forgot he's got the choker now like, around like, his like, neck. This yeah. Is, like, <laughs> like, he's serving looks like I'm letting like, you know like, he's serving but uh and I feel like with the girls in school scene with the choker on it just makes him like 10 times more attractive now to all the girls oh uh, oh yeah no it's helping it's helping it's for sure he like he's he's slowly delving into like the e-boy look but it's not there yet you know what I mean it's just a choker you know it's just a choker uh, but so we'll get there I we'll think there well, is are you using that uh, to unburn a tag on the crew theme, or to give it an attention? Uh, I'll just use it to unburn so that we can... Actually, yeah. So that we can have possibly both next time we start. So yeah. I'll say I'll use it. Yeah, I'll use it for clout. Alright, and did you want to answer any other questions? Um... I don't think anything's current... Uh, I mean, nothing's under strain mechanically. 
Mentally, however, she's kind of mad at her training ability because she feels kind of like, yeah, sure, I'm really athletic and I can move quick and, like, all that shit. But the fuck, man? I I felt like I couldn't hmm. do much there. Whatever. I almost want to say because of that, she should take a cr- she should take a crack in that logo. Yeah, because no, I'm good it for was that. A point where it's like she has all this training of being a cheerleader, but when it came down to actually using it, it was basically useless in that moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, first crack oh, of the no. game. Yeah, no, that that fits for me. Um, and then again, most meaningful interaction was Marcus because he saved her. He helped. He protect. He protect. He attack. Yeah. He protect. He attack. Marcus, our boy, is such a snack. Yeah, he, he helps yeah. a snack. Like, damn. Yeah, no, like he's literally that meme. <laughs> he's the meme. He, he is. And he <laughs> saved her. And after she gave him so much shit. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, yeah, she no, that makes it even She caused so yeah. much shit for him and he still saved her ass. And now she's just like, God damn it. <laughs> Cody is actively using her. Maybe I'm the asshole. Cody's having like an like, Am I the bad guy? Yeah, am I the asshole? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Cody logs on to uh, Bedit, like which is the opposite of Reddit. So like she logs on to Bedit and asks like, "Hey, am I like am I the asshole post?" Uh, made I made a rumor in the school about one of my friends, and I like broke his phone and shit. And I, I thought it was funny, but I felt bad. I got him a new phone, like <laughs> top of the line. Like we spent over a thousand dollars on the thing, and granted, money's not a big deal for me, but like you know, it's a show that I cared. I was sorry and. Now I still feel like a jerk because <laughs> he protected me when I was going to be murdered. <laughs> yeah, so- All right, uh, Marcus. Um, as for how the crew grew, I feel like we're getting a lot more unit cohesion. Like, I mean, we devised a plan, we executed on it. It did go a little sideways, but we even managed to recover from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. It was a solid fucking, uh, a solid. Um, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Excuse Himbo me. moment. Yes, sorry, solid execution. Himbo moment. <laughs> it doesn't just stop in game. It's it's in real life too. So I, yeah, I, I just am a you know, putting in attention because all the crew tags are unburnt now. So just drawing in attention to our uh, crew theme as a whole. And as for uh, most meaningful interaction, oh man. That's a little tough because I feel like I help both of you equally. You did. Because <laughs> when the case of uh, Cody, I mean, like she got tackled, Marcus cut the guy, and then in the case of Aiden, like you know, he was mentally locked in, and then here comes Marcus, like on his you know pogo sword. Yeah, he doing, 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 doing. <laughs> fucking dudes. Oh, that's a tough. Yeah, one. you gotta pick one or the other. You can't have both of them. I, I can't. Like, well, uh. I mean, I guess I'll give it to Aiden because, like, Cody was sneaking around. So aside from getting tackled, she wasn't in, like, immediate, immediate danger. That was, like, towards the very, like, end. So probably Aiden, just like the, oh, my friend mm-hmm. is, like, staring this, like, guy down. I need to help him. Yeah, even Cody was just like, can we go back to the bus where it's safe now? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I completely ignored her. It was, well, he was, uh, he was in the zone. Right. Yeah. And do you have anything about, uh, themes being under strain at all? Uh, no. None of my 
teams are actually under strain. They're all they're all good. Yeah, Marcus has been able to kind of keep it together for the most part right now. So, which I'm surprised at. <laughs> I'm expecting that. I'm expecting him to fail on a roll with Muramasu, and that bloodlust is just going to let him like go all out with no regard for who's around him at some point. All right, Aiden. Yeah, this is a huh. This is a, a hard one because I will say uh, that the crew did grow, but it's for the exact same reasons that Marcus said. Right? Um, we executed a great plan. We we actually improvised. Me going into like infiltrating their ranks, and then you know they pulled up. They saw what was going down. Created the distraction. Got everybody crowded onto the bus. You know, great plan. Um, the most interact or meaningful interaction, uh, again, I would say with uh, Marcus. Like, you know, he came in and, like, not only did he break the mental hold on the other students, and, like, you know, he kind of, like, snapped me out of my, uh, my Angie moment. <laughs> and uh, I was going to say, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't go towards the you know sea monster in my dream that would be like a crack right but like no aiden is sort of like digging into the expression now like he he wants to you know especially with like the events that happened in the junkyard like he hit like like he was able to control the collateral right he didn't usually that would be yeah, like you were yeah you were able to keep your focus right? on like him and nothing and even though cody tried you weren't able to get distracted from it so, because no, what I was going to have happen was if yeah, you exactly. had failed that role and Cody was able to distract you every now and then I'll do a role for an NPC. So yeah. I would have rolled for the NPC to see like that moment that you got distracted. If he would have broken out from that hole for now. And I was going to have him try to infect Aiden. If uh-huh. he was able to break out. Yeah, no, for sure. Like it, it was like, it was almost like a perfect like, situation where like, there were innocent people, numerous innocent people there, and he used his ability and was able to like keep it directly on his target. And he hasn't, I will even say that that's the first time that he was able to do that, right? Because it was almost like a moment of mental clarity for like whatever reason, right? So, um, I don't know. I don't think I have anything to geek out on, but I will say that when I was driving the students back, the little like inspiring speech that I give them would that sort of work towards uh, an attention on my personality? I will say because you did save these students and then you got to make sure they all got back safe. I will allow an attention on that theme. I will allow that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because like I don't really have anything to like add to. The yeah, just because it's like scene. this is a because this is Aiden using his actual personality to make do of a bad situation that just happened. So I'd say, especially that situation, yeah, you deserve an attention for that one for sure. What do you, uh, what do you have for the identity on my personality? Because I have I have head empty, heart full. I, I I know on the sheet that I gave you, I put the uh the the definition of a himbo <laughs> but which theme is this again i have i i have himbo for your personality it's like an attractive yeah yeah, yeah exactly oh, exactly yeah, the identity. Yet unintelligent guy i think you have to yeah so i just put head empty heart full which is kind of just like yeah that makes simplified, sense i guess <sighs> okay so yeah i have i have two attention on on my himbo 
Because he himbo. Man, this was a really good session. <laughs> I really like the fact that we actually got to like use our abilities and you know we, we got to go all out per se. You know, because it was a really good plan. Like we had like um, ever since last session, we were just like, yeah, no, we're gonna infiltrate. Uh, we're gonna see what we can find out. I was going to try and interrogate Victor a little bit more, but you know, those other people came. And if those other people didn't show up that were like crawling on top of the scrap piles, I would have like tried to invest, like interrogate him a little bit more. It would have been this thing where like Cody's just like, Aiden, we gotta go. And I'm just like, no, we have to Aiden, we're gonna out what die. Going on. <laughs> I absolutely love that. As soon as yeah. I asked Cody to tell me what car Jeeves drives, the way everyone <laughs> reacted was priceless. You all just lost, you all lost your collective yeah, shit over that. Oh, <laughs> good, though. No, because it's just like Cody's like, no way. Like literally, (laughs) it's like you always ask Jeeves. I know everything. (laughs) No, that's where I lost it. Because when he said, "Remember, ask Jeeves," I'm like, that is great writing. Okay, (laughs) that right there is great writing. I know. As soon as y'all brought up, as Marcus made the joke that he was Jeeves, and I went with it. I'm like, I have to do something with this guy now. And I so I came up with the idea of making him a retired gatekeeper. And that's why he's got the weaponry and then the clothing still. And then I'm like, I need to set up some sort of a thing for Jeeves to where it's like he knows these guys a little bit more. And that's why I'm like, oh, when Marcus started going in about his the childhood incident with Miramasu, oh, that's when I'm like, okay, this would work. I can yeah. throw him into this a little bit. I like this whole like fate made them friends that anyway. Yeah, exactly, right? Because Marcus ended up being friends with uh, with Cody. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. I do like that. For all we know, then, Jeeves, uh, uh, Jeeves doesn't hooked Aiden up with the cheap it. apartment. He just doesn't know that Jeeves did it. Probably. You know what I mean? Like, it's affordable for Aiden's parents. They don't have to worry too much about paying it. Weirdly, the landlord's perfectly fine with late payments as long as it gets in eventually. Like, you know, it's just really weird. Yeah. It's the perfect situation. Yeah, it, it's all it, like it explains why. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it like glues it all together. Yep. Jeeves is he, the he glue, just wanted guys. Cody to He's have actual glue. friends. And the the book falling off the shelf in Marcus's room—that was kind of my hint, hint. There's more to this house than there might be, kind of deal for the characters. So, yeah. Also, the fact that the house is like actively guiding us towards our mythos is like. Well, I think the dreams is just kind of like your mythos or your life's like speaking to you. I don't think it's the house giving you. I don't say it's the house giving you these dreams, but I think this the the dream sequences are just a cool way to kind of like explore like more your guys' background and your stories and stuff. So that's what I think. Yeah. It's like when the book falls, that's like, oh, the house is like. Well, maybe you should read. There might be mythos interaction too. The house is just a catalyst. um, But yeah, like the dreams are kind of just like I. I assume that the way that the the mist works is that when you're like asleep, you like sort of open yourself up to being more vulnerable to the mist, kind of thing, and it like reveals things to you in your sleep, which is like kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking forward to next week because I have other stuff I'm going to play in for that one, too. So More Cody sleepovers, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we have to figure out who Veronica is. Um, yeah, and there was that hit, that, and then there was that yeah. weird clue that Jeeves gave Cody. So Yeah, 
Trust me, that's that's gonna that's why she taught Lynn to go find one of the boys. She's gonna just be like, maybe we don't talk to my dad and we go figure this out. You know what? Dad's I'm angry. I don't want to talk to him right now. Um, <laughs> just to like, just to give you more stuff to play with, Hunter. Um, uh, previous rendition of Cody was that his dad works... Her parents? Or his parents. Both of his parents work at... You uh, said Cody. His parents. Wait, <laughs> both of his... Oh, You're oh not sorry. Me. I mean, sorry. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I the names now. <laughs> but uh, Aiden's... Yeah, it, it's, it just happens. Uh, Aiden's parents work at Helix Labs. So oh, that maybe is, that's uh, the link you have they're, to Cody. They're, they're, like, so here's the thing, is there is an actual like new Helix yeah. Lab facility in the city, but on the actual like city mist map, there and part of this game, there is a rundown like unused like Helix Lab facility that's no longer in use. So and that's the one, that's the one that Jeeves told Cody oh, about was this awesome. unused one. It's on the edge of the town. So oh, and I'll throw this out there: if any of you can figure out uh, what <clears throat> where I got that little nursery rhyme from, I will give you a plus two on a roll of your choosing if you can figure it out. I was trying to figure it's it out. I was trying to figure it out. Or security sister location. Sorry, not security breach. Yes, it is. He's so. Is it? Uh, oh so my the, god, that was good. I also I didn't think I was going to get that one. So the fact that you got devil, you, oh, I'm letting you have a two on one of your rolls for the next game, next session. <laughs> Valid. I Valid. I was going to say ring around the rosy, but it's kind of like ring around the rosy. Yeah. Ballora, ballerinas, hint, hint. Oh, God. Um, I never did get that toy for Christmas. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I had another thought, and I just completely lost it now. What was I going to talk about? Uh, Oh, and the fact that that every session so far, the first roll has always been Snake Eyes. Yeah, it literally has to be. Like, okay. Something has to be, like, there has to be some sort of, like, connection with, like, the recording and uh, the <laughs> dice roller. You know what I mean? Because it's just, like, so, like some sort of weird glitch. Because it's just, like, whenever you start recording and then use the first roll of the dice roller, it, like, the programming just messes up, makes it up. It's also, it's also the fact that you passed your curse on to Chesh, Javi. You gave, you gave her your curse. Next yeah, session, yeah, yeah. Marcus rolls first, and I swear to yeah, God, if he doesn't roll Snake Eyes, I am leaving. I'm done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> if he's if if he's the one that does the first roll, yeah, is the yeah. question. So true. It's always on the first roll. <laughs> it's like so I'm going to say, all right, everyone roll this, and everyone's just going to nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Yeah. Just imagine if you all had a roll Honestly, for the yeah. if you all had to do a simultaneous roll, and you all got Snake Eyes on your first roll. We all hesitate with our hand over the enter button, like who's gonna push it first? You push a button, the structure, <laughs> you all die. The end. See, I don't mind. Yep. See, I mentioned this before, but like the character that Aiden is, if he fails like an action, it kind of just like defaults him. It's like, oh well, it's, it's Aiden. Of course he didn't. Fa- of course he failed that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it, it helps. It cushions the blow that Aiden is sort of. Uh, uh, let's say. It's also the fact that you, Javi, the the, like you got the snake eyes first for the last first two sessions, and then 
Treasure just happened to be the one to roll first, and she got <laughs> it instead. I think was also the hilarious part. Yeah, exactly. Because it it reflexively the next roll after the snake eyes is always like a ten and up. Like it's 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 just like yin and yang. You know what I mean? You got the perfect twelve on a flat it's roll. Like that twelve. <laughs> I hate it here. That <laughs> one. It's like oh my word. Oh. <laughs> uh... And then I rolled the double sixes with the plus two, oh, the wow. fourteen. God, that's like the highest roll <laughs> I'm ever gonna get in this in this campaign. All right. So I think with that being said, while we have ended one mystery, many more questions must still remain. What happened to Victor after our party left? Where is Veronica? What is Mr. Hollowell hiding? And what else can we possibly ask Jeeves? <laughs> Find out next time on the next session of V is for Going Viral. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mysteries Unknown podcast. The background music you hear is from the official CMS soundtracks made by Son of Oak Studios. The content warning at the beginning was done by Ryan Bravo of Odd Loot. Any other characters and content mentioned on here belong to the rightful creators and owners. My name is Hunter the MC, and join me next time as we investigate the City of Mist.